This is a Need 10 Media production. Welcome aboard, my friends. It's Nate Clayberg, and in this episode, we are going to dream a little bit or figure out how we can have somebody help us dream as we get into our podcast again, learning about jobs that we didn't maybe know were out there, even how people get to those. But again, we uh, are, I'm very excited, and I got connected to Debbie Krasuski. I think I said that right. She's about ready to, to get her name, I think, down to one syllable. But Debbie, <laughs> welcome aboard the podcast. I'm excited to have you uh, and, and learn even more about your journey from, uh, from, a, from a world uh, that you thought maybe you wanted to do something and maybe we're told, no, you can't do that. And then you just go down the road. But Debbie, welcome aboard the uh, uh, That's a Job podcast. And, and uh, let's, let's get into it. You were in high school. What were you looking at? What were you thinking uh, moving forward that you would be uh, doing or earning a paycheck doing or where that career path was going? In high school, I, I was supposed to be a ballerina, actually. I was going to, <laughs> <laughs> I forgot to mention that. I, <laughs> I was going um, away to school. I was going to be part of a, a dance production, part of the college that I was going to be attending. And then I was going to be a business major as my under, uh, as a, my second major. My dream was to be a dancer, have my own dance company and, and, and run it. Uh, that dream quickly changed when I was told I had to stay home and go to college. And so I went just straight to business school. I did teach ballet for a little while after I left high school. And I just I had zero fulfillment in teaching ballet. So maybe it was a blessing of not wanting to be there. And I just became a product of my environment where the college I went to, you either were a business major, which is basically everybody went into accounting or you were a liberal, liberal arts, excuse me, where mostly everybody became a teacher. Right. Um, I had zero interest in ever becoming a teacher. <laughs> uh, so I went to business school and I landed myself into operations because I like to be busy. I like to get my hands dirty. I want to be a part of everything that's going on. Very analytical. Uh, so I started straight out of college. I started and graduated on a Saturday and I started my job on a Monday in financial printing, which is a wild and crazy job. It's a 24 seven job. I worked four to midnight for eight and a half years, which is not that easy to swallow when you're in your 20s. <laughs> you think you're gonna get a job and you're gonna get on a train and it'll be early in the morning and you'll be out at five o'clock. And that was just very eye-opening of no, <laughs> that's not what it is. <laughs> so working in the middle of the night, you know, cause no job is nine to five, you know, working in the middle of the night, it was just wild and crazy. Um, I knew that I didn't belong there. I knew it wasn't right for me. It, it just something just didn't sit right. So I kept thinking it's the next level. I need to get into management. I need to do the next thing. So uh, I did some management there. I moved to another company that did outsourcing. I went back to school and got my master's degree 
And I just kept moving up the ladder. Um, and every level I got to, it just was horrible. It, you, you get there and you're like, yeah, I arrived. This is going to be great. And you're like, oh, gosh, this is worse than the place I just came from. This job is not that great. The responsibilities were a lot harder. There was a lot, it was, it's, you learn how hard it is to bring somebody into a room and change their life and telling them that they're getting fired. Or when you have to tell a department, you know, you don't have a budget and half of, half of your resources are gone, or, you know, we have to shut down. And those are fine conversations, but you realize you're really affecting people's lives. So again, I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to get to the next level, get to the next level. Somehow um, healthcare found me. I did not go seeking for them. And um, I have a huge problem with dealing with blood. So of course I went to a company that <laughs> was patient service centers all about drawing blood. So phlebotomy stations. And I had to talk about it every day. So that is definitely a job where you have to live in your fear and out of your comfort zone every day. <laughs> and after running um, the whole Northeast division, I went to do some analytical work at some other hospitals. And then I ended up just getting all the way to the top and became a COO of a hospital. And I got there and I'm like, well, what's my, I'm not happy here either. So I made my way all the way to the top and I was unhappy. And I, I, you know, I dug deep inside of myself and asked myself, what am I doing? What, what am I going to do? And my, you know, the voice inside of me just said, I think you should write. I think you should start writing and everything else will be taken care of. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to stop you in your journey yet because oh, okay. <laughs> uh, we, we don't want to give away everything, but, but a lot yeah. of what you're talking through Debbie is not unusual. You know, you're talking through even going when you wanted to be a ballerina and got that shut down or the idea was different, right? Uh, but then there's a path that's out there that we just assume that's where we're supposed to go. You know, high school to college to this job, get a good job, you'll have a good life, climb the ladder, it's all going to work out for you. And, you know, I, and maybe the perception is that there was a generation that was fine for. Uh, but I also sometimes think, that, that generation also was like even even more so of this, this is how it is and there isn't there really wasn't maybe those opportunities uh, out there to, to look and see what else they could get into but you know some things that stood out to me that you kept talking about was you know you kept more or less climbing a ladder and it just something didn't feel right you know the happiness wasn't there the engagement was there and 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 I know you've you've seen the statistic of what is it, uh, two out of three people in the workforce are actually engaged in the work that they do, you know, when they go to work every day. And I think that has gone down here uh, in the last couple of years. But, um, you know, what was that breaking point? You know, you talked about, you just got into uh, writing was in your heart, but was there just a breaking point that you were like, I'm at the top of the ladder and this ladder, I just am not comfortable on it. Or, or, or however you want to phrase that. What was, what was kind of the, the catalyst for thinking, I got to do something different? I think that the person who I was and my values were compromised. And when I was asked to get deeper into that compromise and make decisions that I knew were wrong and were going to really hurt people, 
And I, I'm like, that's not who I am. That's not my value. And I don't want to be here. It's just, if it doesn't feel right, it's not my truth. And it just, every day just didn't feel right. And there was some ugliness that was occurring. Um, and I just couldn't, I wouldn't be able to live with myself with some of those choices and decisions that were being asked of me. And I'm like, this just is ethically incorrect and it feels so wrong and I have to leave. Yeah, I guess talk through that. You said you had, well, you, you had to leave. Um, I bet you weren't, there were some people probably in your world, they're like, Debbie, what are you doing? That's a good Absolutely. job. What are you doing? Absolutely. Almost everybody's like, you're crazy. Like, who cares? Just, you, it's good money. And it was like, there's not a dollar value for your life. You know, my life, it was, it was at a point where my life was being threatened every day. I had to walk around with a panic button which is very upsetting. You know, yeah. I had to tell the police, the police guards at the hospital, like if I was leaving, I'm, like, I'm in jail. And I'm like, if my life is being threatened and I'm asked to make these very difficult choices that aren't the right answer, it's not the right answer if people are gonna get hurt. And I just couldn't, I couldn't live with myself. So ethically, I'm like, there's not a dollar amount that, that could compromise your value. And I'd rather be scrambling every month to pay my bills and be living in my truth and being a good person and the value that I was given and follow my heart than any, any dollar amount. It just was not worth it. And if you're following your truth and you're living with what is in your heart, you're always gonna be rich. It's never about a dollar sign. If you really do what you enjoy and what you love and you know is your truth, you're always you're always in abundance, you know. So once you take that money off the table, no matter what, the, you know, the, your price tag of your life is more important. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. And and you talked about a lot about uh, your some decisions you had to make because of the values you had. Were those values when in, in looking back, um, you probably weren't even thinking these are my values and you had them listed on your wall, right? Or, or somewhere, but there's just that core that you started learning more about who you were and what uh, environments you wanted to be in, uh, what type of work you wanted to do and, and the kind of people you wanted to be around. I, I'm, I'm sure that's what played into deciding your values and, and your direction. Yeah, I think when you realize that there's people around you that are dimming your light and you, you, don't, you start to see it you start to feel it, but there will be people that will see your light, no matter where you are or what you're going through in your life. And I think when you're dim so much in so many angles, you don't realize it. you're in the middle of it and you're just trying to survive and you're trying to live. And then you have a moment where someone sees your value and someone sees your light and you're, you're like, well, that is the person that I am. And sometimes it just takes that one conversation of, of that, that game change. And you're like, that's the light I need. That's where I need to be. That's where my light needs to shine. And you, you recognize right away how all the darkness has been, has been all around you. So I, I definitely feel that you, if you're paying attention to yourself, you will see that if you get that anxiety every morning to go to your job, you need to recognize that that is your body. That is your energy trying to tell you, this doesn't feel right there's something wrong here this doesn't feel good 
And you need to look into what that is. I mean, I, I had, I worked in environments where you'd catch people shaking, like having to go and take a break because they just did not feel good about what they were doing. And, and that just should not be that way. It absolutely should not. Well, and you're in a situation too, and, and you get put in into some spaces, you and, and you had colleagues, and I can think of people too, and uh, that maybe your values are compromised, your interests maybe aren't what it is, but you've got mortgage, you've got cars, you've got all these things in a lifestyle that you have to support. So it's hard to say, I got to get out of here and take some risk. You had to do that, but you know, how do you invest that, that, uh, that risk to turn your life around so you're not in that, in that space that you, you take away that darkness and try and find the light? Talk through that. Yeah, and that's a huge piece of it is that everybody has a fear of money and, and that will hinder you from getting to where you want to go or keep you so stuck in where you are. And um, learning the value of a dollar, learning what you can do with money. And there's so many ways of how you could put money away, make smart investments, do a lot of debt consolidation, um, get a, a loan that is smart to pay stuff off, have a good plan. You know, most financial advisors will tell you have three months of salary tucked away for a rainy day. Um, some people can get on board right away and say, all right, I can do this. I could give me five months and I could, I could tuck away three months of salary. Um, some people that looks like years and that could be scary. Um, it's also, I think money is an energy play. So, you know, you get to, you know, what they, lots of restaurants and, and uh, small businesses will put their first dollar, you know, frame it and yeah. put it on the wall because it's, it's an energy. It's good luck. You know, you take a dollar and you, you treat it like it's a million dollars and you know that then money flows to you. If you're living in your truth and you're living in your positivity, the money will come. You know, you know, I, I believe in God and I know that he's, he's like, Hey, i gave you this dream, do it. Some people just like to say the universe and, uh, you know, whatever your truth is, is there for you for a reason and it will work itself out. And what I do in helping people achieve their dreams is we pay a lot of attention to those blocks. Financial blocks are the first block. So let's address it right away. Let's get to it. Let's address it. Let's find out what your budget looks like. Let's figure out what you can do to be financially secure, to go and leave and do what you need to do to get yourself out of your, it could be your career, it could be a relationship, it could be whatever it is, but what is it that you need to do to get you financially stable to be able to take that leap to your dreams and feel good about it? So this is the work that uh, I can just tell you found purpose in this. And you, it, there's a passion, there's the, the vocation, all is in there, but you had to get out, right? Tell me how, <laughs> tell, let's get into this. Let's, this is the job. And as people read the, the title of this or the show notes, and they're like, um, okay, uh, Debbie is a dream pollinator. <laughs> Take me through that. Take me how you discovered to do that. You talked about finding that uh, pat or that the passion or purpose in writing that had to compel you into moving into this world that 
probably at 22, 13, whatever, you're like, you probably never thought you'd be here. No, I, I, I didn't think I, this was going to be my journey at all. Um, I do enjoy writing. I enjoyed writing when I was younger. I put that dream away. You know, when I was younger, I dreamt of being a doctor. But when you'd say it, people would be like, no, you're not. No, you can't. You don't want you don't want that. So I was ashamed of it. I was very ashamed of my dreams and what they were. And I lived in what other people told me I should do. So, yeah, when I came out of there and thinking I had it all figured out and I'm just going to do some consulting work, I felt like I was in the same trap. Like, I don't like what I'm doing because now I, I'm still compromising my value. So I took the time to really dig in deep into myself. And what is, what do I stand for? What am I about? And really doing depth work of like, what does my name mean? And my name means be seeker. And the time of birth, um, the Psalm from the time of my birth is the seeking one. And how that all tied together and found out is, is, is probably longer than your podcast. But um, <laughs> in learning that, everything started to tie together. It made sense. I like to help people. I like to be involved. I want people to have the best of themselves. I want to follow my heart because it only leads me to good places. And I want people to have that too. So when I was younger and thinking I wanted to be a doctor, that's all I could see of what that vision was. Because that's all I knew was somebody that heals hearts is a doctor. But now I was able to tie in all my work, all my experience, everything that I felt was a mistake. I learned how to make it something big, finances being a huge part of it, of how am I going to live if, if I'm not making a paycheck? You know, how am I going to leave this fancy job and be able to pay all my bills, especially my mortgage? And being able to tie all this together, I have all this experience to give you. And I became a healer and that's, you know, why, how I started this dream pollination program and, you know, it's healing people and it's using my experience and what, what's in my heart of finding out what your seasons are. Cause we all live in four seasons, but we all have our own season of when things are good, things are bad, things are in the middle, you know, how to recognize them, how to get yourself to be the best version of yourself. So yeah, I did not think that I was going to be doing this, but I'm enjoying it. It's a great to watch people get excited about their dreams because it belongs to them and to be, be the best. So there's elements that you need to be the best. You need to be financially secure. You need to be physically in the right place. You need to be mentally in the right place. You need to get the right skill sets that you need to fulfill your dreams. And it's exciting to watch people grow. And I, I love every minute of it. And I could not be happier. So the people that you're helping, I guess, talk through if somebody's listening to this and 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 you probably get this because I, I hear it, too, of, OK, uh, you're you're about uh, you're a dream pollinator. What is that? And they're probably think it's voodoo sometimes. Right. That you're <laughs> you're you're uh, you're analyzing their dreams, but uh, you're talking about their dreams and aspirations for you know, who they want to be and, and what they want to do and where they want to go. Who do you, who are you finding that is really reaching out to you? And I got to guess um, through this great resignation that's happening, you've got some people maybe that have piqued more interest in saying, I don't want to be in that dark place anymore. 
uh, and they, they find you. Talk through that. Who are those people you're finding? Yeah, I actually had a call like that, the exact call like that the other day of, all right, well, I've been in this career since my early 20s. I'm in my late 50s right now, and I'm, I'm done. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't even like it anymore. I've plateaued years and years ago. I'm unhappy. I'm overweight. I'm drinking too much. I'm having troubles with my wife. I don't like where I live anymore. You know, you're arguing, you're fighting with everybody and you're just miserable. And he's like, I know that there's something better and I just don't know how to find it. And so, yeah, I do see a lot of people like that. The program is also designed for employees, employers that want to make investment in their employees. So if you're making people fulfilled with their personal dreams, coming to work is exciting. It's like this company really cares about me and I want to do good. So you see a high productivity rate, you see a low turnover rate. And yes, some of the options are career oriented of, I don't want to be in this job anymore. Then they're always going to remember that company of they took care of me. They helped me get my next job because they're, they understand my value. And you're always going to be appreciative of that. And there's also, I see a lot of people that are in relationships that are just stagnant. You know, well, we've been married and now our kids are in college and we don't know each other and we don't even like each other anymore. Sometimes it is, it is a relationship with your spouse of we lost sight of who we are and we don't even know who we are anymore and who are we together. So I see kind of a combination of all of that. And then I also see excited people that are like, I want there's this business that I wanted to start it, or I want to get my artistic side off the ground and I don't know how to do it. So it can go in so many directions. And that's what makes it so much fun is when someone's excited or even when somebody knows that it's there, but can't see it because there's so much fear and anxiety sure. right in front of it. Sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, those are probably the most common that I can think of off the top of my head. Well, as we're talking through this, and we're going to wind down here in a little bit, how, how talk about your program, how can people learn more uh, about how, how a dream pollinator such as yourself can help them get out of the darkness and find the light? Yeah, so you could definitely check me out on my website, which is debbiedbbykruz.com. I highly recommend that you make a consultation with me. We could do about 40 minutes and we'll just discuss what's going on. Um, I do host uh, dream pollinating sessions. I have one in my local area coming up at the beginning of May, but I am going to be doing a lot more uh, online. So follow, you can also follow me on social media at Debbie Cruz. And I'll definitely be sending out links and invitations very soon to do just a, a simple dream strategy session because they may not be for, for everybody. You know, I don't want to waste your time. You don't want to waste. I don't want, I want my time to be wasted. I want it to be for people that are really interested in it. So, you know, it's a mutual um, connection if people are interested, but the first session is a lot of fun. You know, we just go through what a dream really is, what it looks like, what your ego tells you a dream is, what your finances tell you what your dream is, and kind of get rid of a lot of that dust and, and really go through your dreams. And then, you know, we take it from there. 
but it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah. We'll put well, yeah we'll put all those links in in the show notes so they can connect with you, Debbie. And uh, you know you talked a lot about uh, values and and self discovery and things like that. Any other suggestions you have for people as they're as they're trying to figure out more about themselves and how they can fit into the world that's going to fit them? I am I'm a huge believer in positivity and positive affirmations. And every time you find yourself in that cycle of, I can't know, just stop and listen to yourself and turn it around of, this isn't work for me right now, but I'm going to do it. Uh, I believe in myself. I am worth it. You know, try to every one negative, try to say three positive things. Sure. The more positivity that comes out of you, you feel better. People around you feel better. People want to be around you more often. And it just makes you feel really good. So try to recognize those traps that you find within yourself of the no's and the negatives and, and just really turn it around. And when you don't know what to think or you know you feel like that's hard, just say you're thankful. I'm thankful that I'm awake today. I'm thankful that I have my cup of coffee. I'm thankful that I'm in a warm house right now. You know, just you, as much positivity as you can really helps you. You really feel good about yourself and it helps you center yourself and, and follow what's in your heart. Well, my last question that I ask all of our, uh, all the guests I have, and, and I think I know the answer to this, <laughs> but, if, but if, if we had the magic wish right now and they said, uh, whoever this is, this is they, but Debbie, uh, Debbie, what is your dream job? I'm going to grant it for you right now. What would you say? What would I say? Yeah. Um, I think I'm in it. So I'd say um, I'm, I'm happy. I'm in it. I just want to get bigger and, and make sure that I could touch as many hearts as possible and get people to smile. That's really my dream. And if that has a different title, I'll take it. <laughs> I, and, and I think I was right. I was guessing you're, you're, you're creating dreams and you wouldn't be creating dreams if you didn't already have your dream created. So Debbie, I appreciate you taking the time and it's been great to connect and uh, we'll have people find you on social media and find your website and see how you can uh, pollinate their dreams. Wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you again for being on this journey and please subscribe and share this podcast. That's a job. It's on Spotify, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The That's a Job podcast is presented by Career Adventure Academy. Discover the work you are wired to do. Go live your career adventure. If you haven't done so already, hit subscribe to enjoy future episodes. Build your career adventure at nateplayberg.com. Production assistance provided by Bill Jordan voiceovers. Visit billjordanvo.com. This podcast is a Need 10 Media production.